Oh, what an hour we've had and another one to come here as we continue on Get Up live above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. The squad is fired up. we got tons of football to get yep. into here. We're looking for the enthusiasm. But I tell you what, the story of the night, the game of the year, the performance of the season yes. belonged to Joel Embiid. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> feast your eyes on this matchup. Embiid versus Wimbanyama for the first. Look at Joel. Like, Man, he's big. He's tall right there. He's tall. But Joel Embiid was unreal. 24 points in the first quarter. Too physical, too yeah. big. Triple team doesn't matter. Look like Panay Sewell just bodying up on people. That's what I'm talking about, Embiid. Show him who the big man all is. about the offensive line. Look at Wimbanyama here. Watch this. He long. I, mean, I, I dunk like that on the, my little net that I have on my front door. <laughs> it's good for you. It's in my house. In the foyer. In the foyer, yeah. And then his, look how easy Wimbanyama makes this look. The little lefty flip. The ball was like 12 feet in the air when he grabbed it out of the air on the pass. He had like 33 points last night, but the story became Embiid in the second half. Look at him. Too big. Take that. Yeah. Strong. Strong. Wembenyama's tall, but he's not thick. Look at Embiid working inside. This would plus the free throw would give him 50 on the night, but he was just getting started. 59 through three quarters. Call off the dogs. He just he's calling for the shot. Call it. Just call him off. Call him off. Fourth quarter now, Embiid, this jumper will give him 65 <laughs> points. Two minutes to go. Crowd on their feet looking for 70. He's at 68. Is he going to give it up? Period. No. no give it up. Wait, no. Give it up? We ain't looking for no assist. Take it to the rack. 70 <laughs> points as he goes coast to coast. 94 feet for the final bucket to put the finishing touches on a historic performance. Yeah. 70 points. He's the third center in history. What is he? Center. To score. <laughs> you heard it. David Robinson. Center. David Robinson did it once. Uh, Will Chamberlain oh did God. it six times. <laughs> Joel Embiid is averaging 35 points a game uh. as they get the win last night. What a performance. In the meantime, to the NFL, where all the conversation continues to be about the bummer for Buffalo's biggest bill. His name is Josh Allen. His offense was humming on Sunday against Kansas City until the final three drives where they scored zero points and had just 58 yards of total offense. And the result was Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs ending their season for the third time in four years. Of course, it was last year that Joe Burrow and the Bengals did the same in Orchard Park. And so as Josh Allen tries to find a way to get over this hump, it's not because he hasn't played great. He's Ooh. averaging 343 passing yards a game against the Chiefs and nine touchdowns in the three losses. But as Ryan Clark said yesterday, here and other places, just not enough. I don't believe that Josh Allen is the reason this team lost. I don't believe that. Right. You know what the greats are? the reason the team wins. And we could talk about kickers make kicks, defenses show up. That's not why we give people these gold jackets and put them in different places in the Hall of Fame. Josh Allen is an immense talent, and Josh Allen will probably win a Super Bowl one day. But we have to say that he's coming up short as far as it pertains to greatness. It's been fascinating for me to watch and to be a part of the conversations that have ensued from this game and really have sort of gone on all season long and maybe longer than that with Josh Allen. He has got, it has gotten a disproportionate amount of attention, as quarterbacks tend to do, mm -hmm. Lewis, and I mm -hmm. feel like people are sort of lining up on both sides of this debate. Is Josh Allen 
to blame? Is Josh Allen the reason his team loses? Is Josh Allen better than most people think he is? What's the right thing to say about Josh Allen today? Look, there, there's the kind of like the macro discussion, and Graz made this point perfectly earlier when we were talking about this in regards to Dan Marino, right? Why isn't Dan Marino talked about the same way maybe as guys like Montana and guys like Elway are talked about because of the fact that they didn't win championships? And ultimately, in the macro discussion, that's how we're always going to judge. It's going to be how many championships have you won? How many times did you beat the other greats head-to-head? And, and in the biggest moments, or rather, did you have those big throws, those big-time throws, those game-changing throws that helped your team? Maybe, you weren't, maybe it wasn't ultimately the last throw that helped your team, though, win the game. And with Josh... That's not happening for him right now. One, they're not winning the big games. And two, he hasn't made that spectacular throw where he just walks off off into the sunset like we've seen Mahomes do. And until he does, deservedly so, I guess we should say, he, he will not be in that discussion. But there is always nuance when it comes to wins and losses in the NFL. And I know on a macro level, we don't want to have that kind of discussion. We don't, we're not going to sit around the bar and talk about, well, hey, you know what? Buffalo played. Um, they were, you know, when Kansas City came out in thirteen personnel, they didn't. They didn't really adjust. They left their nickel in there, and that's why they ran the ball. You know, but is that? We're not gonna, but, that but it's really true. Game was decided. But it's true. It's hell yeah. I mean, that, that's a large reason why. <laughs> that's a large. And you know what? Maybe Sean would have put extra linebackers in there if he had them. But we also don't want to make, make excuses for Buffalo over the fact that they were injured like they were. But they were, and Andy took advantage of it, which is good coaching. Okay, so, I mean, these are, these are all things that factor into why they came up short, but I understand why we always attach the criticism and the blame yeah. to quarterbacks. We have a need to do it. Yeah. We're wired that way. Uh, me, we want to blame somebody. Let me, let me just say this, because this, this reminds me of the Peyton Manning conversation that I lived through for, for a number of years, right, of, of who's great. Who's like, so if we're going to say the greats, right, and for what look, RC is saying, then there's one. It's not great, it's great. There's Patrick Mahomes, and then there's a conversation for everybody else. Because if you're trying to have this conversation and saying that Josh Allen doesn't measure up to all the other quarterbacks in the NFL minus, minus Patrick Mahomes, then you're lying to yourself. Because he does. He measures up throwing it. He measures up running it. He measures up all of those things. He continues to get there. He's 5-5 five and five in the playoffs, and three of the five losses came to Patrick Mahomes. So let's have that conversation. He's not as good as Patrick Mahomes. No one is, right? His teams aren't as good. No one has been. Patrick Mahomes been in the league, started six years, six AFC championship games. And don't give me the, hey, Burrow won because they didn't win the Super Bowl. So if we're going to count rings, and, and I think okay, you, brought, okay, so, you brought this up with the Michael Jordan point. Yeah. Right? It's, there are a lot of great players that were playing that didn't get rings. So let's then, then have that conversation. But don't okay. call him so, not great. Because he RC, is a great player. RC's not here to defend himself. I'm not. But, it's not just I know, RC. That's I know, but I'm saying in general, yeah. I think Patrick Mahomes' name wasn't mentioned. Right. I don't think that it's about comparing to Patrick Mahomes. I think it's about treating Josh Allen the way that we treat quarterbacks who can't get over the hump. And I think that's how. That's what a lot of people are offended by in the Josh Allen conversation is the way that we come out of games after Josh Allen has lost, and deservedly so. He's played great in those games, but oftentimes we come out of those games saying, man, Josh Allen really needs some help. And it's off-putting and confusing to us because we didn't, in the Peyton Manning conversation, we weren't like, hey, the Colts sure do have the same type of plays that they ran all season in the postseason. Peyton really needs some help. We didn't come out there blaming the defense if they didn't come up short. We're like, Peyton Manning can't get over the hump. And that's what I think people are 
off-put by in this conversation is it feels like perpetually with Josh Allen, there is the beginning of his career started out slow and there was excuses being made for him. He turns into an incredible player and now it feels similar well, but, where it's like, all right. But the argument would be he throws for 300, dang near 350 no, yards, not, touchdowns and see, no interception. Like, I think, that's, that's I think the what you're missing is I'm not arguing that he deserves to be blamed. I'm saying that what people are, are offended by is that he is not getting the same blame that other people seem oh, to get you. in those situations. But yeah. I think that he who, was great. You know what? Let me ask you this, though. Let me ask you this. Who's he not getting the blame from? When we say he's not getting right, no, I think it's right. people in sports media. I think. I'll tell you what. I think. I'll tell you what. Look, man. Look, I, I think one of the one of the things that I think we could all do is look. We all like certain guys. Blame's the wrong word. I okay. Think. No, I'm. I'm yeah. I, and I'm not criticizing your words. Accountability. I'm not. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think we definitely know need to hold him accountable. Yeah. There's no question about that. And I think objectivity in this business, and when we're talking about players, for sure needs to be at the very top of the list. Yeah. And objectively speaking. When Josh throws picks and makes dumb, dumb decisions, yeah. it needs to be called out. Right. But I'm not going to say, I'm not going to call the guy out when yeah. he plays like he did two years ago in Kansas City. Right. And there's however many seconds left in the game. 13. 13, and they lose the game. Right. I'm not. I remember. I'm. I'm just not going yeah, to blame him I for think that. Blame is the wrong word. You know. I'm but not. I think, and I think, you know what? I'm I mean, not going to attribute that loss to him. I'm not going to blame Josh Allen L versus there, Patrick Mahomes. I think, I think there the is, problem is like Ryan Clark's been sitting on the set here and and other places all year, mm-hmm. listening to people try and make excuses for Josh Allen, right? Like, oh, the interceptions aren't so bad. Oh, he's being asked to do too much. So I think what you heard yesterday yep. was all that kind of bubbling over, yep. right? Because because it does feel like he is analyzed differently for whatever reason uh, than some other guys are. You shouldn't are. do and, that. And I, I agree that you shouldn't do that. So, I mean, multiple things can be true, right? Like, yeah. he is great. He is, I mean, you cannot – you watch him – you watch these throws and you want this player to be a champion. Right. So you can tell your kids and your grandkids, right, yeah. about all the great things he did, right? So I think there's some of that. But, like, he does – Sometimes make the wrong decision. No uh, question. Too often throw interceptions. That wasn't the problem here. No question. If we're going to use Peyton Manning as the example, it's not a good example because Peyton Manning, look, I know you love him. I love him. Everybody loves him. He did not play well in those three playoff games they lost. Josh Allen did. And that's the difference. Peyton Manning was part of the reason his teams lost those games. I would argue that the reason that he didn't play well is more complicated than we give credit for, which doesn't matter once we get far enough away from it. And, like, we elevate Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow on his game-winning drive, against the Chiefs, threw a ball directly into the face mask of a Kansas City Chief player. But it's luck and randomness. It plays a a part in all of this stuff, but we don't – it just feels that for some people, we're not willing to to lend them the context that we give Josh Allen. And I would argue that maybe we should treat everybody the way that we're treating Josh Allen, but until then, we should treat Josh Allen the way we treat everybody. Let me say this about that game. The last – or maybe the last two drives or three, I can't remember what it was. This game you're talking about. Josh Allen definitely fumbles it. They – they, they get it back themselves. Right. Those should have been an interception. I think it was McDuffie. Hits him right in the hands. Mm-hmm. He so so mm-hmm. it, Allen did not play well towards the latter part of the game, right? He, and I know he gets stepped on for the throw. Mm-hmm. But, again, those are what you're talking about, elevation. He missed guys that are open underneath. I think part of that goes Brady, the calls. Like, all of it goes into that. But when you're talking about the player himself and what he's done, I would say the share, the lion's share, or not lion's share, the major, majority of the share for him this game would be real 
in context versus the other game. Because at the end, think, they didn't show up great. That's the bottom so line. If we are Diggs going, drops it, Bass it's misses fine. it yeah, all Yeah, it's up. fine. And I think as having the context in this conversation is fair. But you're also doing a disservice to Josh Allen because what he should know, which I think he does know, is none of this is going to matter 20 right. years from now. So what we're telling Josh Allen is, I'm sorry that they came up small for you in the moment that you needed them. But – it's not going to matter when we are counting the list of top quarterbacks 20 years from now. We're going to be like, damn, unless he gets the big one, we're going to say that he That's, is not on the level of the guys who end up getting it. And he's I think that, that the word yet needs to be in this conversation, too, because he's yeah. 27 years old. Yeah. You're talking about 20 years from now, he might play 13 of those years. Yeah. Right? So he's so there's plenty go that could still yeah. happen. He's going to go to Hall. But I, I, do, I, I think to Ryan's point yesterday – Something has to happen for Josh Allen that hasn't happened yet if we're going to end up talking about him as an all-time great. That's maybe true. it's the, maybe That's it's the true. tuck rule, and maybe it's a, a 50-yard field goal. That's true. And maybe it's not because of something that he does, but those things have to happen. You're, you're absolutely right. Choice. You're right. Or maybe his kicker has to kick, drive maybe. one through a snowstorm like Adam Vinny. Yeah. Pierce. You're or right. Just, or just not miss a, a short Or defense or, be incredible. Yeah, or maybe those, these guys are unfortunately destined to wind up like Charles Barkley and Patrick Ewing and Carl yeah. Malone and, and John Dan Stockton Marino. and all of these guys who were on the dream team, the greatest players. Players yeah. that ever lived, but none of them won championships because they had the misfortune of playing at the same time as Michael Jordan. Yeah. And that's who Patrick Mahomes is yeah. in the NFL <laughs> until someone proves otherwise. Mm. Coming up, the D in Dallas stands for dysfunction. We got family business of all sorts going on Ugh. with the Cowboys. We trouble will climb into the bottom. Garrett. It is major Oof. trouble. Plus, does it need to be a pretty party in San Francisco Sunday? Am I being ridiculous if I ask, could Brock's job be on the line? Yes. You got questions. <laughs> we got answers. Lewis is going to explode. Get up on ESPN. Delicious, meat nutritious, and the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has 6 grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you're on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries. Well, the good news is, not only are wonderful pistachios a complete protein, providing all all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snacking game today. Visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from $25 and under to $100 and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. We are back, and it is once again time for our favorite segment, Is That Ridiculous? Because we can take anything. Yeah, it is. Turn it into a bet. Okay, here we go. Uh, Lewis, if someone said the Bills should fire Sean McDermott to hire Bill Belichick, is that ridiculous? Yeah, I'm going to say it is ridiculous. Look, I, I know that people right now are all over Sean McDermott, and they're, and they're all over him for a number of different reasons, m- namely because they just keep coming up short and not getting to a Super Bowl. But look, him and Brandon Bean have constructed a very, very good program up there. They have one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. They were, they were kind of outmanned on the defense side of the football against Kansas City. They will get it right eventually. I believe Buffalo will win, win a Super Bowl with Sean at the helm. I think they need to keep on plugging away here. Next one is Green Bay. If I said the Packers should pay Jordan Love like a top-five quarterback, is that ridiculous? No, that's not ridiculous, and I'll tell you why. Contracts are supposed to represent future performance projection. If you look at him over the last nine weeks in particular, did he project to be a top-five quarterback in the NFL going forward? He's a top-five quarterback in the NFL presently, huh? minus the throw that he threw across the field against San Francisco at the end of the game. He is going to be one of the best in the NFL for a long time. All right, now everyone fasten your seatbelt. If I said Brock Purdy is the weak link of the 49ers, is that ridiculous? Come on now. See, see again, see, now we're crossing into that realm of I got to blame somebody. I got to put somebody down. I got to talk crap about somebody. The guy had was having a historic season. Historic season. Yep. Okay, he is as efficient as they come. Ask Kyle Shanahan whether or not he thinks that he's the weak link of his football team. You can point to a number of different players. How about the right side of their offensive line? Keep an eye on that position group this, this Sunday when they go against uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Yeah. Keep an eye on Colton McEvitt when he's lined up against Aiden Hutchinson one-on-one if you want to find a weak link. Ooh. Okay, Brock Purdy, come on now. Come on. He's not the weak link. What, what, what is the end of that sentence, though? Because what, what exactly is he? The last few weeks he has crashed back to earth at least a little bit. The game against Baltimore, okay. the game against uh, Green Bay, he did not look the way he had looked much of the season. You know, there are great quarterbacks in this league who have had spurts where you sit there and you go, what's wrong with these guys? Patrick Mahomes has had moments, and I'm not comparing Patrick Mahomes to Brock Purdy, where we sat there and we looked at Patrick and we're going, is he broken? Mm. People use those phrases, right? Patrick Mahomes is broken. Patrick Mahomes isn't as good as he was anymore. Patrick Mahomes can't be good without Tyreek Hill, et cetera, et cetera. Guys go through highs and lows. Baltimore had him confused. He was seeing things against Baltimore. Mike McDonald's a damn good defensive coordinator. Baltimore's going to be in the Super Bowl more than likely. More, I'll, 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 oh, let me go back there. Forget that part. Yeah. Yeah. I said that, Kansas City. Okay, yeah. I said that. On Tuesday? But, I'm, but I'm just going to say this. Look, Brock Purdy is one of those guys 
who operates this offense at a very, very high level, makes good decisions. The wet weather obviously affected him. That is an issue going forward. Yeah. And it's going to be, continue to be an issue until it's not, until he corrects that. But as far as his decision-making accuracy, the ability to make all the throws and command of the offense, come on. Yeah, I mean, not the call, weak link. calling him the weak link, I, I think there is some, like, uh, deciding factors there. Like, he's the link that you might want to test, but he hasn't been the weak link. He's up and down through the course. Well, he's been up most of the season, but he's down when they lose some players. So I think arguing that Brock Purdy is on the level as a Josh Allen would be foolish. He's not that guy. But he is a top-tier, physically, in the words of Cam Newton, game manager, which has showed his ability to, in in this game, he had a big comeback in the game, which is something we thought that Can I just say this real quick? Go. Okay, so... San Francisco is playing Cleveland, right? This is one of the games that all the people who want to bash Brock Purdy point to. Right. Well, how did he look against the Cleveland Browns? They lost that game. Do you remember that he drove them in the position to yeah, win yeah. the game? Right, they missed a field goal. Kicker missed a field goal? Yeah. So what – anyone want to tell me about that yeah. contest? Like, does that matter to you? Does it matter to you that he actually I mean, played those? Does I that matter or the, not? No, but what matters, what matters is, are two things, I think, for the purposes of the way people view him. One, that he sort of got plugged into what we perceive to be the best coached offense in the league with unbelievable talent that we saw Jimmy Garoppolo take to a Super Bowl. And two, the fact that he was the last pick in the entire draft. People Ex- just don't lose yeah. that yeah. bias. They refuse to let it go. Reason. Yeah. They refuse. Yeah. So that, that, but there was a moment in time not that long ago when he was the leading candidate for MVP in the league. He had the the shortest and, betting and odds here's the for deal. MVP of the this league. Is, this is the thing that frustrates people, right? And, and I know RC said it as well, right? It frustrates him that he has to have this conversation that, that Brock Purdy was in the MVP conversation. Should he not have been? He, he absolutely should have been. He was number – I asked Himbo, hey, Himbo, send me some stats. He's like, just say first in everything because that's what Purdy was for the majority of the season. First in You can blame the situation he fell into. You can blame the players think, he is. You can account think, all of that. But, he, but here's the deal. You still have to go out and execute. Right. You still got to go do your part. I know for a long time he threw the most tight window passes in the NFL with the highest completion rate during that. All of those things matter. You still have to do your part because you're surrounded with talent. Doesn't mean the most talented team doesn't you know always win. This, so it's it's a slight at Purdy because he. So can't it's, do. it is a it is a slight at Purdy, and I I think that it's unfair in some context. But just looking at the stats, anybody can look at the stats. I think that when we have a hard time is putting Purdy in these conversations is when you watch the games of certain players. They have a, a different impact on the game. I think for sure. Josh Allen comes up. Uh, Mahomes obviously. Lamar Jackson. So when you're talking about an MVP solely based on stats, any fool but, but, hold, but, can look but at hold on, at the Dom. Go on, but hold on now. Hold on, though. But hold on. See, earlier in this show, we're arguing down Josh Allen because he doesn't what? Win. That's exactly win. But when Brock Purdy just, wins, it's like, well, you know what? So it doesn't yeah, he right? doesn't quite give me the same kind of feelings he's, that he's these t- other guys he's, do he's because he's not the same the athlete. Championship See, we've moved the, the goalposts on right. the dude. It's not, a, it's not about feelings and it's not about right. moving the goalposts. Yes, it, it is. is. It is. But I, I also think it's important to consider like the, the, the situation in this respect. When you're putting together a team, isn't one of the important questions to ask, who is this guy for us? Of right? course it like is. Not just, I can't right. plug any quarterback in here. I need a certain kind of player here. Right. And for Kyle Shanahan, Brock Purdy yeah. has been that kind of player. He doesn't need to throw the ball 60 if yards I'm, If I'm Brock like Purdy Allen. right now, if I'm Brock Purdy and I'm sitting here watching this show or I'm watching any show, I'm sitting there going, 
One minute they're saying all they care about with quarterbacks <laughs> right. is winning, but I win and people go, come on. But, yeah. That's not, but it is true. That's not it is because you saying. said it's about that's stats. You're I'm saying you're saying. using stats no. to justify. It was stats and wins. Okay, well, I'm not. If Brock Purdy would have continued the season, they beat the 40 or they beat the, the Ravens, and he goes on to win the Super Bowl. Uh, excuse me, goes on to win the MVP. I'm not going to knock him for winning the MVP. Right. But what I am going to say to you is that it's different. It's not trying to say that he's not good. Saying that his impact on the game is definitely different than somebody like Lamar's. And I'm not. I don't mean that's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. That's a different conversation. They drafted Trey Lance, traded yeah. up to take Trey Lance with a completely different skill set. And work. for whatever reason, it, it didn't, didn't wind up working I'm out. I'm still salty about If Josh that. Allen was yeah. the quarterback of the 49ers, they would never lose a game again. <laughs> As we continue. No. All right. Mel Kuyper's first mock draft is out. It just dropped. Here we go. Everyone in Chicago is waiting to see what he did at number one. You will hear it from him coming up next. Plus, the showdown in Baltimore. What is it say for Lamar Jackson as he takes on Patrick with legacies at stake? Plus, do not miss first take today. Top of the hour. Don't miss a special guest, The Rock, with a big announcement. That's on the way this morning on ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Bottom of the hour, get up, and they are the most magical words in football. <laughs> Mel Kuyper's mock draft. His first of the year is available right now on ESPN.com. And he's got quarterbacks going with each of the top three picks. He does have Caleb Williams going one to Chicago. Jaden Daniels, the Heisman winner, two to Washington. Drake May, three to New England, followed by two pass catchers, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia, rounding out the top five. We have a lot of things to get into with Mel. It is always a pleasure. Lewis is yelling at you from the side here all during the break. But but everyone in Chicago is watching and listening. The, the huge conversation there has been about the decision at one involving Caleb Williams and indirectly Justin Fields. Why do you have the Bears moving on from Fields and taking Caleb? Caleb was a special quarterback, and I think when you look at back at 2022 when he had that phenomenal year, Greeny, this year he actually completed a higher percentage of those passes in a so-called down year from the Arizona game on. Everybody remembers the Notre Dame game, but at 68%, he doesn't throw interceptions. Over the last two years, guys, he's been responsible for rushing and passing 93 touchdowns, 10 picks. You think about resetting the clock. Mike Tannenbaum talks a lot about that every time, right? If it's even, you take Caleb. 
unless Justin Fields is significantly better in your mind right now where he is than rolling the dice on Caleb, people say it's an unknown on Caleb. Well, it's an unknown on Justin whether he can be a franchise quarterback. So I would trade Justin Fields, try to recoup that second-round pick. You lost with the Montez Sweat trade, which was a great trade. Montez Sweat's a heck of a player. And maybe get a, a fourth-round pick, two and a four, two and a three. Graz can talk about that. Bottom line is trading Justin Fields right now makes the most sense. Taking Caleb Williams has a chance to be, I'm not going to say generational because I've still said it with uh, Lawrence, and Lawrence hasn't gotten there yet, but he could be one of the top five quarterbacks in the NFL. That's what you're hoping for. That's why you take him number one overall. All right, and this is a debate that will go on, and certainly at least until the Combine, and we'll have plenty of time to talk about that once the games are done. One more on this, though, and then I want to get your take on some of the stuff this weekend. But I think many people will be surprised to see you putting Jaden Daniels ahead of Drake May, two versus three. Why do you give the edge to the Heisman winner there? He was remarkable, and I went to Herm Edward. Herm compares him to Randall Cunningham. I know Lamar Jackson comps are going to be out there, but Herm said he's Randall Cunningham. I'll take that. I think the dual threat ability, Greeny, the what he did this year and last year, he the great thing about Jaden is he is aggressive with his legs, he's aggressive with his arm, but he doesn't turn the ball over. And to strike that balance is really rare and really impressive to me. And I think when you look at Jaden Daniels, the way he can attack a defense, the fear factor player he is, defense coordinators don't want to have to scheme to try to handle this guy. And, and, and Drake May didn't have that super unbelievable season that he needed to have. He had some struggles against Virginia, NC State, a couple games where he was throwing some picks, not really basically precise and accurate with throws that were easy throws that you got to make. But Drake also had a new coordinator. He didn't have Josh Downs. He didn't have Tez Walker early in the year. So you can excuse away some things. Bottom line is I'm not going to hate on Drake May. I really like Drake May. But when you talk about the second overall pick right now, I think Jaden Daniels right now has the edge going into this whole draft process leading up to late April. All right, so all these will be topics that we'll be diving into significantly between now and April. In the meantime, Mel, I want your take and everyone here to get in on two teams that are going to be picking very late in round one, the Chiefs and the Ravens, who, of course, face off Sunday for the AFC Championship as Lamar Jackson tries to avoid the same fate that Josh Allen has seen time and again falling against the great Patrick Mahomes. The two have not met since 2021. Mahomes in four career matchups is 3-1 and one and has thoroughly outplayed Jackson, completing 71% of his passes, throwing for at least 340 yards in every one of those games. Lamar Jackson has four touchdowns in the four games. He and his team have trailed by at least a touchdown in every one of those games. And so, again, here we go again. I mean, just as we did early in the show, Ooh. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes will not at any point be playing against each other in this game, but we are going to make it about this. And so I, I want to start with this, and everyone knows Mel, the pride of Baltimore. This is the Ravens are his <laughs> yeah. team. So we'll get him. I want him in this conversation. But, Nick, I'll start with you. We've talked so much about Allen. Mm -hmm. What is at stake for Lamar Jackson Sunday? Everything. <laughs> I mean, it's everything is, uh, of course, he's going to have a long career and he might get back to this, but this will be the second time that he's had the number one overall seed. And last time, to the point that we made earlier, the context doesn't necessarily matter once we get further away. But to be fair, they had a more remedial offense and also their defense was a little bit more simplistic. They are now in a position and we saw in the course of this game where through Lamar pushing them to do so, they've evolved the offense to where they have answers for everything. And now, I think while no one was willing to extend Lamar uh, the... I guess, excuses in the past, you could have said that about the offense, but it's harder to extend those now when you saw in this game, they blitzed them in the first half. 
They come out in the second half, they have an answer for the blitz. They didn't have that before. And it's not that Lamar was was incapable of performing in those situations. It's that the offense didn't have answers to certain things. They had answers, and Lamar, you watch him play. His advancement and how smart he is with making his decisions, not just to throw the ball, but run the ball. You see that so often. He's missed some time last year where you watch him. It's like he's playing at 75%, and he's making these decisions that are helping this team and keeping himself healthy. What he's done so far this season has been incredible. But if he loses this weekend, none of that context is going to matter. Yeah, what, what, what's even cooler about what you mentioned in, in the second half, about the adjustments that they made, was that Todd Monken said Lamar came to him yeah. and told him, look, I know we want to push the ball down the field, but we can't. We can't block him. We have to shorten this stuff up. Otherwise, we're going to be in trouble here. So he took it upon himself, which goes back to an even bigger discussion that John Harbaugh had with us uh, for the Week 18 game against Pittsburgh, that Lamar has been entrusted to run this thing. Yeah. So right now, it's his show. Yeah, Todd Munkin is helping him kind of structure it and organize it. But what's happening on the field and the way in which they go about games is all about him. And I don't think there's any question this is huge for them. Huge. That's why picking this game is going to be interesting because, you know what, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you're going in there going, hey, man, I'm already made. Yeah. All I'm, going, I'm coming here to do is once again is to crush people's dreams again. I'm supposed to be the Grim Reaper again. You know what I mean? This is wild for Lamar and for Baltimore, and you're, the discussions will be a defense out of control problem. if they don't win this game. It's monumental, and I, I would say it this way, too. When you talk about D'Amico Ryans last week had a, an incredible play. He, he brought that. There was, they, weren't, they, they weren't leaving nothing on the bus, man. They brought it. Yep. I don't think Baltimore, after the t- they, they expected what they got. So to your point, not having the answer in the first quarter or second quarter probably is not shocking because no one has done that, right, including D'Amico Ryans and the way that he called his defense all season. They do something different. So Todd goes in. Lamar says, hey, I want to change it. It wasn't super complicated. Where the blitz is coming from, drop it down. Let's go make plays. That's what he did. When you talk about the Ravens, I think the emphasis has to be not only is this a a monumental game for Lamar, it's for the – they're the better team. They, they have played and beaten better teams. They are ready for this thing. Everybody talks about, you know, Kansas City slow. They're this, they're that. On offense, they're not what they once were. All of a sudden, all the pressure goes to Lamar because their team is better. The expectations are, you're the one seed again. You've got to close this thing out. Otherwise, we're going to have a different we're going to have a Josh. We're going to have Josh Allen conversation. Let, let me get Mel back in here again. These are your Ravens. They're, they're expected to win, maybe more so than at any time in this generation. I get that they were the one seed. Right, but it was, oh yeah. that, that was um, that year was unexpected. This year, they right. blew, they've blown out everybody good in the league yeah. so far. They're expected to win this Sunday, Mel. How, what's the feeling? Lamar's a superstar regardless. I agree with the guys that you're defined by how you play in these games, and winning these games separates you at the end of your career with other great quarterbacks. I think the home field advantage is huge. Ravens, M&T Bank Stadium, been on that field, it is loud, guys, and that creates get behind the sticks where you have the false start penalties. The offensive line can't communicate. We saw Houston have those breakdowns last week. Kansas City will have those breakdowns as well this week. So huge crowd noise, home field advantage for the Ravens. Played a day earlier. They're coming off a thriller game. They were stressed to the end. Had some injuries the Chiefs did. The guy said it. The Ravens are the better team. you got to win this game. But, again, you need help. 
Why did Josh Allen lose? Because they missed a field goal, could have sent it in. Maybe they put pressure on Mahomes. A couple years ago, what happened? Butker made the field goal, right? Yeah. They got it into overtime. Butker misses that field goal. Josh wins that game. Bass makes the field goal. Maybe Josh wins this game. So Lamar, like all quarterbacks, needs, is going to need help from his teammates, and they got a great kicker in Tucker. So if it comes Mel. down to a field yeah. goal, I'll trust Tucker. <laughs> Mel, Mel was it. watching the beginning hey, of the show. No context yeah. allowed, Mel. <laughs> When, when the Ravens yeah, gathered in the offseason. Just season. shut up with the Josh Allen stuff, okay? After, oh, wait, wait, time out, <laughs> yeah. time out. I, I, I'm a talk show host. I can't ignore that. Yes. What, go, Mel, go. What, who needs to, what, what, what do you mean by shut up with the Josh Allen stuff? Shutting up. I keep hearing blame. Any, anything, when you hear blame in Josh Allen, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. Josh Allen was daggone near perfect in that game. People said the last drive, last time I checked, he got him in field goal range for a makeable field goal. Last time I checked, he might have had a touchdown pass to Shakir had it not been hit as he was throwing that football. This guy played his tail off, did everything he could, and anybody that associates blame with Josh Allen is nuts. Well, fortunately, no one on this show today has. Thank you. No. <laughs> you, All we have talked about is putting it in the context. Receive it. If he, if he can't get over the hump and win at some point, <laughs> history will not remember him as an all-time great. That's type, it. Type, Nobody type, said blame. Blame has you know, you know what you did? that word's even been uttered type, on the show today. Type, you know what you just did, though? Yeah. This is why I love you, Mel. Yes. This is why I freaking love you, and I can't wait to get to Detroit. <laughs> you gave context, and the people don't want context. <laughs> They I want somebody's it. head on a I stake. I love it. And, or they want to put them up on the throne. I still love you, dog. They don't want context. I, I, don't want love I know. I, I, think I still love Grass. It, it's, it's my responsibility to communicate better, I guess, because it's frustrating. No, it's for not. Us, he wasn't talking to, about you. To, no, I mean, for us, for, for Mel, and I think a lot of fans probably feel the same way. They watch this, this show, and they hear that me and you are trying to blame Josh. Yeah. That's not at all what we're trying to do. Well, oh, Dan point, is. Yeah. The very people that say that we don't pay enough attention to nuance are not paying enough attention <laughs> to our own nuance <laughs> when we have these conversations. Go, go, yeah, go. I'm trying to say that we are, we are explaining to, to Josh and to Mel and to anyone else that the Context does matter, but once we get further away from this, he is going to be judged by yeah. the final results. Right. And I think right. that we right. could talk right. about right. all these games. We could talk. We could even talk about the egg that the Cowboys dropped. They had a rough start to that game. Yeah. Their defense didn't pick them up. I was in Baltimore yeah. watching that game, and the the Ravens' offense didn't look great at the beginning. Yeah. But you know what? They did not get in a situation where Lamar was down 24 points. If that happens, we're having a whole different conversation. Yeah. So every game has context, yes. and every and we if we choose, we pick and choose the times we want to have the context. We came in here after Dallas lost. We weren't saying Dak didn't have the support and they put him in a no-win situation off the top. We were saying Dak can't get over the big one. And that's the frustrating part I is when it, we though. come in when we come in here after Josh Allen loses, we're like, hey, they should have helped him here. They should have helped him there. And we don't do the same thing for all quarterbacks. All right, I have that's to leave it. By the way, Mel, I had something really nice to say about Lamar Jackson and Mel interrupted me. So now you don't get to hear that either. <laughs> yeah, take, take that, Mel. Mel's are, good. Mel, again, he's, he's a super Superstar guy. Nothing else to say. His first mock draft is available uh, on ESPN.com right now. If you like a lot of offensive skill position players, right? you're um, going to like the top of yep. it. No Mel, defense, we'll check in no with line. you soon. Thank you. You are the Love you, Mel. Now, the, the tackles fell a little bit in his initial mock draft, which surprised me. Australian <laughs> Open Alcaraz. coverage. Love. Maybe they fall to the Jets. Uh, Australian Open quarters coverage continues tonight. 9 Eastern, you'll see Carlos Alcaraz. You can stream every match live on ESPN+. Plus. All right, coming up. The D in Big D stands for drama. Not since who shot JR have we had this much family squabbling in Dallas. We will get to the bottom of all of that. But first, let's see if Graziano can get to the bottom of this. So Travis Kelsey has five 
receiving touchdowns in the conference championship game. That is tied for the most all-time. With who? The answer's next. Alvarez can play corner in NFL. All right, sneaky hembo for Graziano. Here we go. So Travis Kelsey has five career touchdown catches in conference championship games. That is tied for the most all-time with whom? Yeah, I don't know. It's got to be somebody who played in a lot of them, right? So we're rattling off Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin and, and uh, you know, James Lofton, somebody throughout. Like, I, I just don't know. I'm going to guess Michael Irvin. I have no idea. Michael Irvin's my guess. Michael Irvin is second. Mm. The answer is John Stallworth of the what? Pittsburgh Steelers. Hembo missed one? Whose I mean, Graz missed one? His team's... <laughs> They made a lot of these. Michael yeah, Irvin. Yeah, makes total sense. Michael Irvin, Julio Jones, and Jerry Rice. Julio Jones had, were next. Think, he had two or three in one of them, I think. He has yeah. to go back. Hembo, that's a terrible question. I mean, that's anytime <laughs> the photo is that old. I don't, I don't appreciate the question. One way or another, we'll put the Hembo scoreboard up. There. I don't think that one should count. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, we'll have a vote on that a little bit later. Hembo, but Hembo I have said to I get had to the family is. drama in Dallas, all right, because we've got a series of social media posts. If you haven't seen seen this yet. I swear I'm not making any of it up. C.D. Lamb's mother posted on Facebook that she wished her son would be traded and added, quote, Dak isn't it. All in capital letters with multiple exclamation points. Dak's brother, Tad, who is a friend of the show, went on X over the weekend and posted, Cowboys fans who continue to DM me, trust me, if I could get Dak to leave Dallas, I would. Meanwhile, Micah Parsons' brother, Terrence, got into the act, saying that Dak needs to take a team-friendly deal. He posted on X, Dak should, quote, take $40 million or pack your bags. So <laughs> Micah Parsons responded. He posted any comments made by Terrence Parsons Jr. are his and his alone. As you know, if I have something to say, I'm not afraid to say it. I love my team, my brothers on my team in the city of Dallas, and I'm more committed than ever to bring a championship to the greatest fan base on earth. So, Jeff, Saturday, I mean, like, well, it's, like, it's Mad Libs, right? Like, yeah. player's mother <laughs> right? says, says critical thing about the other the, be, the best part about that whole thing is how Greeny Red packed your bag. Packed your bag. your bag. That's what he wrote. So, so, I mean, the bottom line of it is this. I mean, it, this, is, uh, this is, I don't even know what to say about yeah, this. Uh, We've seen, like, little subtle shots. Ridiculous. And th- this is the star receiver's yeah. mother saying very publicly Dak isn't it in all caps. We didn't. I mean, that that is the spelling and that is the punctuation. Family Jeff. matters. Family matters, right? This is this is an issue, and it's going to be an issue for the for the off season. I will say, I've kind of changed my tune. Look, we talked about it even after when, when we went to commercial. We went to discuss this before, but the the personal context in which you are coming at players. You know, Dak isn't the guy, or you know, or like. He should take it. Yeah, he should take this or do that. Like, when you start directing people, that becomes very personal. And as you walk back in that locker room, you're going to have to have a hug it out because ultimately they are all better together. And I think that's what people don't want to see their short side and thinking, oh, we're going to get rid of the next guy is going to be better or the next whatever. It's always greener. That's not the truth. They, they, CD had his best year yet. Dak had his best year, right? So they have these situations in place where they can all get better together. It does, this does not help any scenario. Everybody's, everybody's emotional. Everybody's raw because of the way the season ended. 
this is a bad place to be. And I think all of them would do well to do what Micah did. Hey, I disagree with whatever was said. We're moving on from that. Yeah, I don't want to be talking about people's families, but they really should get their people to be quiet. Yeah. Like, this ain't helping nobody. This ain't, yeah. this ain't no good for you. It's not good for the player. It's not good for Dak Prescott. I will say this, though. There is a amount of pressure that being an NFL quarterback, like, puts on you, and then there's being the quarterback for the Cowboys. Oh, And it is a sure. whole different animal. Because as we talk about all this context, yeah, we can look at Dak's record in the playoffs, and we can look at his stats yeah. in the playoffs, and there's a lot of other reasons that we could point to, and Dak is way down on the list of things that need to change if they're going to win a championship. And it sucks because the fans and family members, like they're not willing or capable of, a, of understanding all of that and they want to spout off. And then to top it off, like I mentioned, this ain't good. Like, this ain't helping your nobody. son or brother. This ain't helping mm -hmm. Dak. This ain't helping Jerry. This ain't Dak's helping Dak's going to take less now. They, no. they, they told him, take less. Perspective. I mean, your son had 1,700 yards. Somebody threw the ball. I mean, <laughs> like, he's not, Dak is something, right? Like, yeah, I don't, it, I don't know. Is there something, anything, if you're, if you're in that, if you're Mike McCarthy, if you're someone there, I mean, do you need to get every, this is the off season. I mean, everyone should be right now where, you know, they're in the Bahamas or in, uh, wherever it is, well, and they're I relaxing, think, I, but we, we can't have it. I think we're definitely getting on a Zoom or something. We're, we, we, we all need to talk a little bit here. Because, look, see, what, what, what have we spent the better part of two hours talking about, right? We've been talking about context, chemistry. It's a team game. People have to work together. Everybody's interdependent. I mean, it's an interdependent sport and all. Yeah. We're talking about a franchise quarterback, franchise wide receiver, who the franchise wide receiver's mom said, the quarterback ain't it. Yeah. Like, he didn't say not good. he needs to be a little bit better or maybe right. my my son needs to be used this way. He said, he ain't it. Right. Okay. And see, there's like there's like levels to insults too, right? right. Yes. Like, there's like if you tell me I ain't it or what's the, what's the other one that you tell a football player, like, it's like the gloves are coming off. Yeah. You call somebody soft. soft. Yeah. Right. Like, there's, there's certain things that are going to be real hard to get past. Yeah. And see, that, that's just that's, – there's nothing good that can come out of no. this. The, the context nothing. of it also, if you see the post itself – she is responding to someone right. who was saying, Dak, uh, excuse me, uh, CD should come to Houston. Mm. And she writes, that would be awesome. CJ is great. She's referring to CJ Stroud. Right. And then writes, Dak isn't it. So it is a direct criticism. Yeah. It is a direct um, attack might be too strong a word. Mm. But, I mean, it is, it is a direct yeah. well, what shot. You're, what you're saying is that guy is better than, than yeah. the quarterback he got now. Right. I'd love to see him with that guy. That guy who's got one year in the league. Yeah. Is better than this I mean, guy. So yeah. now you're Dak. I mean, you know, look, I mean, yeah, I mean if I you're think, waking up and you're Dak, you're like, what? I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. My hat's off to Dak Prescott. Yeah. Yes, that's Because true. this guy catches more. Every year. Then, I mean, it's, it's amazing to me. Yeah. It's amazing how he's constantly at the front of someone's lips. Constantly people are talking about Dak. Yeah. And very rarely is it good. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. Despite the fact that this, he is incredible. Right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a tough place to be. And that's the point I was making about being the quarterback for the Cowboys. It is different. Once you retire, you can make a lot Millions. of money doing other stuff. But while you're in the league, you got to deal with a whole – mother's coming at you. And, 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 like, and like we brothers, said, right? here's, the, here's the issue for, for Jerry, too. This team, you kept McCarthy. Believe it, you're hoping you can keep Quinn. Quinn might move on, and then you have to have a final deal. But you're keeping McCarthy trying to keep everything status quo and run this thing back. If there's this much 
trouble at this point. Yes, we got I mean, it's ridiculous. He keeps taking all the flack and hearing all the smack, never uh, goes on uh, the attack. It's whack, and that's why they lack, but maybe they'll bounce back. First take is <laughs> coming up top. Of the that's a lot right there. What message did Joel Embiid send to the rest of the NBA? They'll answer that question, and don't miss the message from Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Special announcement, first take today, <laughs> top of the hour. Get Up is brought to you by Freeform. Chrissy and Dave Dine Out premieres tomorrow, streams next day on Hulu. Meanwhile, Super Tuesday College Hoops, 7 Eastern. I've got Oklahoma, Texas on ESPN, Florida State, Syracuse on ESPN2. Very quickly, CBS has announced Chiefs-Bills Sunday was the most watched divisional playoff game ever. Wow. 50 million people watched it. How much we get out of that? 50 million people. Mm, right? Is that a lot? First take now.